Incorrect. X is not going to give you a hell of a lot. Welcome back. It's time for a beer podcast. Unfortunately, I've been missing for a couple of weeks uh, for two reasons. One reason being I accidentally deleted a podcast I did with Dale Thomas and overwrote it with uh, a story about my son's penis, which is uh, unfortunate. That will never see the light of day. I loved having a chat with Daisy, but unfortunately, uh, due to my inability to be tech savvy, we lost that interview. The second reason being I had a little bit of a hot week. Last week or 10 or 12 days ago um, with, a, with a, something that was on one of those footy shows. So I just kept my head down, but I'm back now. And I'm back in a big way because we're going to speak to an absolute champion of 120 games. But my Lord, he was the toughest player I have ever seen grace the turf. Hard as a cat's head. What you saw on the field was mirrored by the stuff he did off the field. His training methods equaled his attack on the football. An absolute ripping fella, a ripping chat. Really enjoyed speaking with Bo Waters, a fan favourite of those in WA, but I know a lot of people just love the way Bo Waters went about his football. Unfortunately, injuries did get a hold of him, but what a career we saw. Australian 120 games, youngest premiership player in the 06 premiership side. Uh, Bo Waters, gee whiz. If I could have a slice of Bo Waters in my life, I think we'd all be a bit better. But before we do do that, please jump on and give me a rating. Five-star rating. I've had a bit of a rough week. Uh, we all know that. So get on there. Give me the five stars. Give me a bit of a G up. Give me whatever you need to say. Five stars. Give it a rating. Um, I don't know what it does. I say this every week. I actually got no idea what it does. But uh, please get on there. Now, before I do get into the Bo Waters chat, I need a bit of a drum roll. It's time for a beer podcast today. It's brought to you by Exchange Depot. Change for change. Now, Exchange Depot, guys, it's one of those schemes where you literally drink your beers during the podcast. You say, oh, X, give us some more, give us some more, give us some more. What are you going to do for us? Well, I'm going to give you this. You go down to your bottle shop, you grab, some, you grab a box, you drink them, then you take it to Exchange Depot. There's five locations in WA, Bayswater, Esperance, Forest Field, Quinana Beach and Picton. You take your empty stubbies down there. They pay your cash. A lot of these return schemes, they don't pay you cash. Exchange Depot, they give you cash on the spot. There's no limit on returns, so please hoard away. Take as many down there as you possibly want. You go, oh, but Zave, I've crushed my cans. Doesn't matter. They're accepted every single time. Open Monday to Saturday. Of course, jump on their socials, Exchange Depot. That's exchange underscore a depot. I even made a little slogan for them, and this is the way we're going to operate on this time for a beer podcast. You crack it, you smack it, you stash it, and then you cash it, Exchange Depot. Take it down there. Take your empty stubbies, 10 cents a stubby or a can or container, whatever it is. They pay cash on the spot. There's no limit on returns. Crunch containers are accepted. Five locations through WA, again, Bayswater, Esperance, Forestville, Quinana and Picton. Get in there and jump on their socials if you've got any questions. Exchange underscore depot. Now it is time to hear from this guy. He gets bothered. Oh! Bang goes Waters. In for Potsy Adley. Oh! when he's out there, he makes every game count. Uh, I think he's the, the toughest player I've seen play. Um, I remember as a kid coming to watch him and um, seeing him smash blokes. And he was my favourite player of the Eagles, um, you know, along with the Juddy and Cuz, but oh, you feel safe when he's alongside you.
expect anything less. He looks up, he's got no one except for the aging veteran. Emily has it, drops it, gathers it, can he kick it? He can! That is a sensational kick. Uh, Bowie's heart and soul player, one of the players that came to the club and has changed probably as much as any player I've seen from when he arrived in his uh, leadership. You know, some of the great traits that we see from Bo is just a club man, he really embraces the club overall. He gives back to the community as much as any player and, uh, and also challenges himself to get the absolute best out of himself at all times. And, yeah, as a footballer, his traits are obviously his uh, fierce attack on the footy uh, and his courage of staying under the football. When, uh, a lot of players would be reluctant to get into those positions, but Bo continually does it for the team. All right, it's time for a beer with Bo Waters. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Welcome, mate. How you going? Going really well uh, as I just pop my little one. And I must say, apologies on the uh, the arrival here today, mate. The uh, we've got every tradesman in Australia working out the front of our street at the moment, putting in a new uh, concrete um, footpath. Did you notice when you came in where Em's car's parked? Uh, it's well and truly in the driveway. Yeah, so that's not coming out. No, so I noticed that. I had to sort of uh, reminisce in the old days and, and do a long jump over the yeah the, the new concrete uh, footpath. So. No, no, so that's, um, that's, that's the, the usual Alice sort of stuff. Now, Bowie, uh, usually with these chats, I've been doing them over um, Skype and Zoom and whatnot, so it's great to do one face-to-face with a, uh, a champion, um, someone who I've admired for a long time. Didn't know you until I moved over to WA, but we'll start. Let's go back to SA, South Australian okay. boy, um, <laughs> born and bred. Any, Be careful. Do you love SA? <laughs> I do. It's got a, a real soft spot in my heart. Um, you know, growing up there, it's it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like your mother-in-law. You know, you, yeah. you, you sort of uh, you, you like it and you and you love it a lot. You just got to keep it at arm's length and, <laughs> yeah. and not spend too much time there. <laughs> Mate, what part, what part of Adelaide was it? The because uh, when I go to Adelaide, it's usually a, a Glenelg sort of situation yeah. on the water there or something. It, it, were you on in the city in the in the ritzy the ritzy sort of areas of Adelaide or in the hills well, or? I was in a very salubrious area. It's called Happy Valley. Yeah, no, I um, read Happy Valley. It reminded me of the race course. So I was going yeah. to write down as a note. I was like, I can remember Happy yeah, Valley. Yeah, no Hong Kong. Um, there was punts on lots of things, but normally whether people would end up in jail or whether they'd, <laughs> whether okay. they'd make it through. No, it's, a, it's not a um, sort of high-end, uh, yeah. high socioeconomic type area. Yeah. It's great. A lot of young families, young kids. So we had an absolute hoot. Um, we jump on the bus every weekend and head down to Glenelg and, and the more affluent areas yep. and, you know, frequent the frequent the, the, the bars and like stuff like that. But typically we were um we were pretty hard edge and, and public school and yep. um, yeah, yeah, school of hard knocks. <laughs> school of hard knocks. Were you always a yeah we always good at footy? Was footy the, the priority? Uh, it was, yeah. It's um I think footy footy was this you know, it's a great outlet. It it, it doesn't um you know, no stigma attached to it. Doesn't matter whether you you come from money or you don't, if you, if you can afford your fees and, and a pair of boots and sometimes they're hand-me-down boots, you just run out there and, and away you go and, you know, footy's there to be won and you win it and, and that, that's it. There's no, it's not pretentious, it's, it's um, just a great outlet sport and, and, and footy was mine. Were you good at school? Um, I, I was capable, yeah. um, pretty focused on footy and, and easily distracted and most of, my, um, most of my report cards sort of said, you know, has the ability but doesn't necessarily apply to himself, like similar to a lot of my teammates. Um, 
and probably grew into that space as time gone as time's <laughs> gone on. Yeah. Mate, I reckon honestly we could go and uh, grab school reports of ninety percent of yeah. people playing AFL had the capabilities, probably just didn't apply themselves to the to the degree that needed to be to be a successful student. Now we'll get to you being a successful student at some stage. But so you finished school. Correct. Got through it. Got through uh, it. Did you have any ambitions after that to, to follow any schooling? Or was that done, park it? Like, I was just, I was fucking done when I finished school. It was, see you later, time to wrap it up. I'll never study again. And I'm 14 years into an undergrad. Was that it for you originally? Well, yeah, I was, I was pretty excited about schoolies. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was an interesting story in itself. You know, we, draft day was the day of schoolies. Yeah. And, you know, as, a, as an athlete, sort of prime myself for that, that week and, <laughs> and pretty excited. And obviously the name got read out by West Coast and had a... Um, had a meeting with them at 9am on the Sunday morning. Yep. And our schoolies, like most places, about an hour and a half from Adelaide. And so we, um, you know, name was read out, took the photos into, into the advertiser with Sammy Butler and yep. then jumped on a, in a car and got down to Victor Harbour and celebrated. And um, look, the celebrations finished early in early hours. And I sort of realised that I had a meeting at 9am with my new club, yeah. the <laughs> AFL club, which is a pretty professional environment. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I had to, had to try and find a lift back. Managed to secure one, you know, at the eleventh hour. Rocked up, you know, on relatively no sleep, and and uh, ended up having a you know a great meeting with them, and and that was sort of to me that was the the end of end of my schooling days. Yeah, and West Coast was it your pick first round, so so a high draft pick. Where where were the where were the clubs coming from that you were likely to go to, or was it West Coast? Were pretty clear that if you were there at pick eleven, pick eleven, pick 11 that uh, that that'd be done and dusted, or was there a little bit of uncertainty about where you'll end up well it's it's one of those things you know you hear all these horror stories and you watch them the years gone by guys that have been promised to go first round mm. and go you know top 10 and, and the like and and they don't go for whatever reason a, a, a guy called um david kellett who captain australia under 18 he a- alex hutchison uh, yeah, another adelaide ab- south australian absolutely boy. um one of one of my good mates um and and they they don't end up getting picked up, mm. and, and whether that's you know some of the stuff they're doing off field or their personality or whatever it might be. So that's always in the back of your mind. Um, you know, did they did they see something that I, I haven't seen, and have they you know promised me the world and going to give me yeah. an atlas? So the the clubs that sort of indicated that if I was there, I would I would potentially be picked was um, with North Melbourne, okay. and uh, I think they had pick nine, yeah. pick nine with um, with uh, David Trotter. Okay. And uh, I was going to say uh, swallow, but yeah, no, 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 no a couple of years um, after, yeah, a couple of years after, and and uh, and so you know, and and Frio also indicated a bit of interest, and obviously they took uh, Riley Dunn at ten, and and me, I went to eleven, and um, it wasn't until a few years later, you know, Mark McCray and I became yeah. pretty good mates, and uh, isn't he a pain in the ass? Well, yeah, I, I don't know, I go out on his boat fishing, so I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, There's no bigger pain great, in the ass guy, I've ever met guy. than Mark McGrath. <laughs> legend, legend. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my fishing antics, I'm only as good as the skipper I go with, and so I go, I go with him all the time. Remember I went on that fishing trip up to um, Dampier yeah. uh, with Coxie. And yeah, yeah, to the shack, to the yeah, archipelago. Yeah. And everyone caught fish left, yeah. right, and I could not catch a thing. No. And, and, and at night, JK got really frustrated in the end that I couldn't catch anything. Like, he couldn't believe how yeah. shit I was. Yeah. But we went to the Mermaid at Dampier, and that was a bloody good time. Um, and the, I remember when we left... Good time to shine. Well, that, that was it. <laughs> and the skimpies were there, and all that sort of who are, and they're fine form in Dampier. But do um, you remember when we talking about the fishing trip? We uh, went to get back on the boat after a day, and we walked out the front, and the tides had changed, and our boat was nowhere near any water. It was yeah. like, 
All right, boys, back into the pub. Yeah, yeah. As someone that actually enjoys fishing and was was trying to get a little bit of sleep <laughs> to get pumped up, I was I was devastated. You know, like I'm happy to you know sing karaoke into the all hours, but yeah, you know, the the prime the prime role up there is you know we're catching sailfish and marlin yeah. and reds and. And uh, as you can imagine, you got you know ten boys up there in 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 the northwest of the of Western <laughs> Australia, having a right old time, and and uh, it was a couple of hours where we wouldn't have you know beer on the breath, which was oh, quite nice. Was, which oof. you know, as as many people that listen to this uh, podcast would know, that's your your, your sort of era of expertise. It's one would at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, anyway, it was a it was a great trip, and we uh, we ended up doing a bit of both. You know, cleaned up, we watched some footy, and, mm. and we had a great time together, and and. Uh, and caught some good fish, um, so it was it was good. And and just just reminiscing on that, um, you know, the draft pick. I was going to say, you know, after getting pretty close to to Lego, he was one of the guys that was up there, and he um, his brother was playing at North Melbourne. That's right. And uh, and it was about I think it was about two. Uh, it was three years in actually, and and um, they were playing, and, and obviously Dean Laley decided to take Dave Trotter, who was mm-hmm. a friend of mine. I went through the AOS with him, and and uh, take him with nine. I went eleven, and um, we just won. We'd won the premiership and, yeah. and done a couple of other things. And, and poor old Trots had a bit of a rough run. You know, he tore his hamstring a few times, and you know had sort of up and down form. And, and apparently, um, half time they came in, and he wasn't having a great game. <laughs> and uh, old Dean Laley standing up the front, and he goes, "Fucking hell, Trotter, <laughs> we should have taken Waters with nine. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Laley, he um, he's dropped one too. Uh, David Hale used to used to reminisce and, and tell us about the time after a game. Um, remember Harris, who used to play mm-hmm. for um, for North. Well, yeah. Uh, and he, I, I thought he was a good player. He loved the Gold Coast. And after a game, he was going bananas, and he goes, "Harrow, nominate your club." I'll fucking get you there, <laughs> but you're never playing here ever again. <laughs> sure enough, next week he's picked on the ball and off he goes. <laughs> fucking hell, some of those stories about uh, coaches post-game ending oh, careers. Yeah. Fucking, I think Mick Malthouse, Dale Thomas last week, and we lost the podcast. Jack Anthony was... Remember Jack oh, yeah, Anthony? Jack, yeah, yeah, he did a big quirky sort of guy. Uh, at half-time, Collingwood would be going shit out. He came in, uh, and on the whiteboard, you know, the team names are... Um, yeah, you know, full back and that's yeah. enough back. And yeah. magnets are up. Yeah. And it had FF next to his name at yeah. full forward. And he goes, Jack, what's FF stand for? And Jack hears and he goes, oh, full forward. He goes, no, fucking fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So, you know, there's no, no place where you develop thick skin oh, like a footy club. Nah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, were you ready to move to WA? You, you were, you know, independent and everything. You were off and racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Couldn't wait, couldn't wait to sort of get a new start, fresh start. Um, you know, Frio had expressed a lot of interest, mm-hmm. and, and I've said this pub- publicly before, I'd sort of had my heart set on going there. I, yeah. I was pretty keen. We played the under-16 um, National Carnival here and just had an absolute blast, spent some time down at Scarborough at the, at the White Sands. And, yeah, oh, the, uh, the White well, Sands. That's where we stayed. We stayed oh, as a, you know, a under-16 team. We, we, we played at um, South Frio, and, and yeah. Frio just had their rooms done, and... So just had an absolute blast. You had great um, a great vibe about Western mm. Australia, and, and ultimately didn't didn't go to Fremantle, but came to West West Coast, and couldn't have been more stoked. And and um, you know for some reason I had a, an inkling I'd end up in in WA, and um, you know a lot of people would be back home would kill me for saying this, yeah. but this is home. Yeah, Western yeah, Australia absolutely. is very much home now, and um, you know embraced embraced coming here. Was, was excited about a new start, getting into a really professional environment and, and sort of being exposed to some of the game's best players and mm-hmm. guys like Woosher and Cuz at the time, Juddy, it was just 
you know, a very surreal experience. How did you go? I, I, try, I had trouble at Hawthorne uh, when I met the players like Sam Mitchell, uh, Luke Hodge, Buddy Franklin. I, I was in awe of them because they're, they're generational players and mm. a lot of clubs don't have generational players. Some clubs have multiple whilst you're there. You mm. had Judd, Cuzzy, Coxie. How did you go meeting uh, AFL players, the stars that you've probably looked up to along the way? Like, oh, I, I battled with it, and I put my hand on and say, fuck, if I had another go at it, I'd do it def- definitely differently yeah. and, you know, try and settle in a lot quicker. How did you go meeting those guys? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I sort of, not too bad. I, I, you know, I try to flip between, you know, idolising them mm. on one hand and then just trying to emulate them on the other. Yeah. Being realistic that, I, you know, I was a battler from Happy Valley just trying to find my way, but... You know, first couple of weeks, try to understand who the you know, best and hardest trainer was, and that was Embers, and so started to shadow him at, you know, in training drills, and and then try to understand what made because um, he's such a great captain, and, and you know some of the stuff that he did on the field, and really, you know, I've got a real keen interest in people and mm-hmm. and their stories and where they've been and what they've done and how they've got to where they are, and so just try to apply that, ask questions. Um, you know, I don't think there's any any stupid questions. So, what do they do when they first came to the club? You know, hindsight's a, a wonderful thing. Mm. So, what would you do differently? You know, probably similar to kids listening to this podcast now with you saying you would do it differently. Yeah. What what would you do differently now? And just try and work out your own sort of modus operandi. But at the same time, be respectful that you know you're a first year player. You know, you were a big fish in a small pond at a SNFL <laughs> club, yeah. and now you you know you you bottom of the of the thing, try and find mm. a way to work your way up. I like how you said too that you uh, picked Embers, uh, Whack, and said you're the hardest trainer on it. That's sort of the vibe that I gave you when I turned up because my very first training session <laughs> at, um, at West Coast, it was you and I one on one in a running session. Was that the sort of vibe that you were looking at? Well, I, I commended you for, <laughs> for for fronting up. I was, you know, was, I've heard you know nothing but great stories, and you're you know a picture of. Um, fitness and you know, body carved out of stone, something like a Greek Adonis, and so I was ready. You know, I was ready for a pretty intense running session, and probably didn't quite pan out the way I'd imagined. Well, it, it, <laughs> it was funny. So uh, when I first turned up to, to WA to West Coast, uh, I was in rehab, and you're in rehab as well. But we we're both able to run, so we'd progress from surgery and sitting on our asses and doing bugger all. We're still getting a fair bit of time in the legs, and. Um, I was one-on-one with you, and I remember going to Scott Selwood, and I didn't really know Scooter that well, and Shuey, and said, oh, you know, I'm just doing 10 400s with Bo Waters. And they're like, oh, mate, good luck. And I was like, Bo Waters, he's tough. But he's not going to bench press his way through 400s. Like, I'll just sit on his backside and just float. Well, mate, I reckon, I don't know if you can remember, was I within 100 metres in the 400s at the end? I don't know. I don't think I was. I don't think I'd round the turn. And you were getting quicker and quicker, and I was getting further and further. And then I still remember the second one we did was in Broome, uh, a running session where we had to run uh, hard for 20 seconds, jog for 20 seconds, walk for 20 seconds. Like, yeah. And you'd think that I could have stayed with you for long enough, but in Broome, I couldn't even see when you'd stopped running. That's how far in front you got. I just kept running for 20 minutes. I was just like, this fucking's gone bad. I learned very quickly about your training work ethic. Now... Uh, your first year didn't pan out the way you wanted, did it? It was injuries, um, West Coast missed the opportunity anyway of, of the grand final. So h- how was that the first sign of injuries and what was it to start with? Yeah, so that was, that was actually my second second year. First year was Sorry. okay, sort of, you know, cup, played 11, 12 games yeah. and we lost the first final in an electrical storm. Second year, didn't play a game at That's all. Right. And, and um, yeah, I think that was, it was 
disappointing. You, you know, it's a great opportunity to work on the things that you're not so good at. You yeah. know, osteitis pubis as a second-year player is, you know, it's sort of a good way to get a bit of locker room banter going going yes. on. But um, I I managed to sort of do, do all my rehab and, and came back really hungry for the third yeah. year. Um, you know, the whole team was, was really hungry. And, um, you know, I, for whatever reason, I just always felt that, you know, Wush and the coaching staff backed me. And, yeah. and, and maybe that was because I trained hard and... His style of play was pretty favourable for a coach, wasn't it? Like, you've got a soft cock like me who, who, who runs literally on the boundary line trying to avoid any contact. And they've got you, and I'll, I will mention it, because I remember the first time I was at Hawthorne, I wasn't playing, and we played West Coast. And I've never heard anyone say this phrase. I've heard it since. But Clarko had you circled and said, oh, Bow Waters would, would rather a fight than a feed. And I'd never heard it before. And I was saying it to a uh, mate of mine, Lockie, just the other day, and he was saying... Oh, Bo Waters. I said, mate, and he said, oh, Tom Murphy, who used to play at Hawthorne, yeah. they're cousins. He goes, mate, he used to say that uh, Bo Waters would rather a fight than a feed. <laughs> Ever since then, I, I sort of got what it meant. But what, what did it mean growing up as a like, because Clarko was in Adelaide at the time, you were there. Mm-hmm. Did you get in a few um, Barneys? Um, I, I played pretty hard yeah. on field um, and didn't take too many steps back yeah. off field. Yeah, okay. um, you know, it's. Uh, there's definitely a pecking order in in those kinds of suburbs, and yeah. and um, we we had a, a group of crew that were really tight and yeah. looked after each other, and um, yeah, it's a school of hard knocks for sure. Yeah, um, and you know, I think you know what wasn't wasn't scared of too much. <laughs> Unlike me, <laughs> I still don't go outside. <laughs> um, well, on that point, so Wusha uh, said when you retired in in uh, a retirement sort of speech that he gave that no player had changed more than he'd ever seen than you from the moment you walked in to the moment you'd walk out. Well, it, that's obviously uh, you know, fair. Aged, aged yeah. the most out of any player ever. <laughs> aged, grumpy, <laughs> back shoulder, couldn't walk. Um, but, I mean, that's a fairly good indication that, uh, you know, the upstanding and respect that the coaches sort of had for you. Oh, particularly coming from the person that you've idolised the most in, in your career. You know, he's... he's um, you know, not only a formidable player, extremely driven and, mm. and articulate man, and obviously a stalwart of the game, and and seen different incarnations of his own coaching. So it's a, yeah, it was a huge compliment at the time, and and um, yeah, I really respected it. And and you know, these things they they don't necessarily happen naturally, but you you do evolve. Our our team evolved for the period that we were playing. Our club evolved a lot. There was, you know, focus real. Primary focus was on field, winning, mm. won premierships, and then we we had to we had to pivot and, and sort of focus on you know what our sort of image in the community was and, and our positioning there, and then and then we managed to restabilize that and become a successful team again. We didn't get back to winning a premiership in my time, but yeah. played in a couple of prelim finals, a lot of final series, and then the year I finished, we played in a grand final, which we ultimately lost and went on to win in 2018, which was still a big part of the crop was. Those guys that went through those, mm. you know, formative years in two thousand eight through two thousand twelve. So, yeah, it was a it, it's a huge compliment. Um, you know, in some aspects I've I've changed, and yeah. some aspects I haven't. I guess. Do you do you feel as though so West Coast 06, could have won oh five one of those ones yeah. that five minutes shorter, five minutes longer. Just whenever the siren went, it could have been either team. Unfortunately, West Coast don't win that one. Ne- the next year you you play you play a very good game. You're outstanding on the day so you win that tell us about 06 the grand final but then also do you feel that um potentially it's the one that got away with the years after because of the list that you had the team that you had uh, on field 
the names and the quality of player didn't quite match what was meant to be happening off field. Mm. Do you feel like a couple got away? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if I talk through the grand final, like, there's no greater feeling yeah. than winning a grand final by one point against a team you lost by four points the year before. And that the crazy rivalry, wasn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> like, ten games, less than yeah. ten points. And just this sort of innate understanding that it was going to be a competitive game. It was before, the, you know, the tackle count was always almost a couple of hundred, yeah. hundred each team. And, and we knew that it was going to be a battle. And so you get so excited. You talk about finals footy. Every game against them was a mm. final. Um, and I remember doing a couple of press conferences after, and obviously there's an element of elation, and you you know you're excited, you've just won a premiership as a you know, twenty year old, mm-hmm. and um, you start to talk about dynasties and you know doing yeah. you know more more premierships, and the the sort of age of our of our team was really quite young. We were in the prime yeah. of, of what we should have been doing. Clearly, 2007 didn't unfold the way it should have, and then you know subsequently you know the years were pretty challenging, eight, nine, and ten. <coughs> And I do think that we we could have had far more on field success. What mm. you know, you have to have an element of luck to win a premiership. Yeah. Clearly, you know, Richmond's coming into their you know, potentially their third premiership Three in four, four years, and the one that they lost, like it wasn't like they were shit. No, they were the best team yeah. in the comp and missed the grand final. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when you have that, um, you know, the the sort of um, congruency between the team. And the players and the Sorry, cattle. What was that word? <laughs> I knew the the source would come out. I fucking knew it. Go again. What was that word? Congruency. What does that mean? It just means gel. Things work together. Fit together. Synergy. Synergy. Synergistic. Okay. Symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Shit. Um, well, there you go. Write that down, guys. <laughs> so you have this this team that works. You know, you gel. Yeah. Um, we saw it with Geelong, Hawthorne. Um, those teams, you know, even Sydney got two premierships. Those teams that have managed to do that um, played in two or three grand finals mm. over the last you know, 15 years. And, and I do feel as though we, we had that, um, the calibre of player to do that. Um, it would have been, maybe we would have kept the team together longer. Um, obviously, Chris ended up going back to Melbourne for yeah. family reasons. Um, and, and, and who knows? Uh, but it's, it's one of those things that... You know, things tend to happen for a reason and, and maybe our club just needed to recalibrate and focus yeah. on what we're doing. And if you think, you know, we've not only been in a grand final, we've, we've won one and lost one. Financially, the club is, you know, no stronger club mm. anywhere in the country. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a, a really strong position for us to be in. Talking about that rivalry with Sydney, uh, when Stakes got knocked mm. out, I think Adam Hunter came in to start with and that wasn't <coughs> a bit of a feeble sort of attempt to, to do anything. <laughs> but then you... And Barry Hall were locking horns. I was watching some highlights before. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, you, what is going through your mind when you've just seen Barry Hall knock out one of your teammates in something we haven't really seen in football? And you're 20 at the time, or whatever you, whatever you were. 20. Yeah, 20 at the time. <laughs> Barry Hall's just knocked him out cold. And you're going towards him for you know, a second round. Do you, in your mind, are you thinking anything? Or are you just like... This is just what I like. I, I can do. I'm not frightened. I, 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 he's not going to do. That. He's not going to do what he did to stakes to me. Hopefully, yeah. like ha, ha, what what goes through your mind when you when? Well, I said I said to a few people. I was just asking him what the best restaurants in Sydney. I was <laughs> yeah. the only young fella. You know, there was no there was no apps at that stage. No yeah, travel advisor. Yeah. And, no bloody Tinder yeah, yeah. or anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, open table. Um, no, I, at the end of the day, um, like I said, you, you sort of got to fly the flag, and mm. it doesn't. You know, maybe it's a representation of not much is going around. Two brain cells didn't didn't happen to collide <laughs> to actually say, "Hey, mate, this could be a precarious situation." <laughs> don't don't put idea. yourself in that. It was more just like you know, 
see see altercation, support teammate, yeah. get in there and um, you know he's he's a big guy, but mm. you know you got you got to get on the front foot. Have I told you um, it was a game against Hawthorne where I accidentally hit Silrioli, and I swear it was an accident. Just got him high, and uh, Hodgie got me. Grant Birchall got me. Uh, Sean Burgoyne came in, and so Sean was holding me, going. Sorry, X, I'm only doing this because I know Clark will see it in the tape. <laughs> and he was fake shoving me. Like, yeah. like it's, sorry, X. I'm you don't play 20 seasons <laughs> no, without being Wiley Fox, no, mate. I was, <laughs> I, was still, I was fearing for my life. I had Hodgie yeah. going at me like, a, like an absolute bull. And Sean Burgoyne going, yeah. don't worry, mate, I'm only doing this so Clark doesn't <laughs> yell at me. Um, so early days now, uh, you've won the flag 06 celebrations. Uh, it was massive, I'd imagine. Did you know that the continuation of you know the off-field celebrations and stuff? Because I've spoken to a few guys who are a bit younger of the, the twenty, you know, and, and first year, second, and they were, It wasn't like it was on display that everyone knew what was going on. Were you naive to what was going on uh, amongst the group, or did you think maybe it was it was normal amongst the group? Uh, how were you as a youngster uh, in, in around the club? Oh, you know, I could handle myself. I, I could, yeah. you know. Get through the beers and yeah. and um, you know see the night out and yeah. stuff like that and yeah there was there was a lot of um, fun times to be had yeah. clearly it was um, it was it was maybe just you know the, the stuff that happened after most people were going to bed that yeah. that's where it got a little bit wild and and you know I, I think a lot of people just enjoyed the the celebrations of the mm. week and and um, you know I didn't both Sammy and I missed the well, I, I think Sammy did, I, I missed the um, the footy trip and and uh, managed to stay home and and you know stay in, in one piece, which was probably yeah. a smart move. How good was Sam Butler to have him? You know, your South Australian boys, same age pretty much, mm. going through it all together as youngsters, so that potentially had each other to lean on yeah. uh, through the uh, the parting era, but also uh, um, the footballing experiences, grand final experiences. You and Sam Butler have been, you know, stick of Steve since since day dot. Yeah. You, you two must have learnt on each other a fair bit. Yeah, we did, and, and the irony is we were arch em, uh, arch enemies yeah, in, okay. uh, in un, <laughs> under eighteen for whatever reason. I think you know we were sort of, you know, one was from the southern suburbs, being myself, and one was from the northern suburbs, and and um, and then we got drafted to the same team, and and uh, ultimately connected. Spent we spent a lot of time together over the last yeah. you know seventeen eighteen years, and and uh, yeah, I mean, we I, you know. He's, Obviously, my best mate mm. has been for a long time, and and um, you know we got to ride some success, on field success. We both had a lot of injuries. We had some kind of curse where we couldn't play games the together. Y- the yin yang, yeah, yeah, you both got some some weird one, some weird universe thing where we you know one would be injured and one yeah. wouldn't, and and then you vice versa. I think in our first six or seven years, we played about. 12 games together or 13 games and they're all in the premiership year so yeah. that was a, a bit bizarre but yeah ultimately you know guys that you you end up being you know best mates with they don't come around every day no. um, so I was pretty fortunate in that respect and you know we've gone on to do different things in, in our sort of post-career lives and he just had his little baby Edison yeah, you know, with Nat and, and um, you know a really exciting chapter for him and you know, it's it's one of the many things I'm very grateful for being exposed to at West Coast is not only the people but the the lasting relationships that you've got. Yeah, you mentioned Ben Cousins' leadership, uh, and 
I used to look, look at Ben Cousins and those oiled up arms and being from country, <laughs> country Victoria, like miles away from Reminiscent Melbourne. Reminiscent of yours, ex. Well, similar actually now I think about it. Um, mate, imagine if I put oil on my arms. <laughs> imagine that. I wouldn't come off the ground. I'd be that dehydrated. I'd be bubbling. Bird. I'd be looking <laughs> like your snoz right now, actually. Um, <laughs> like Ben Cousins' leadership, we obviously know the story about Cousy and um, as a youngster in, in Lake Centrans or Lake Tyres Beach. All I could really remember was him taking off, because we'd only occasionally get the West Coast games, uh, taking off the SGIO jacket, getting the arms lathered up yeah. as a young boy, like a young you know, 20-year-old, yeah. and just thinking, how good is Ben Cousins? Like, yeah. So we all know the off-field shit that, that's happened with Cousy. Now, uh, uh, you mentioned his leadership. and Tell us a bit about Ben Cousins and what you admire yeah. about Cousy. Look, he's, he was one of the first guys to come and introduce himself yeah. um, when we came to the club. Obviously, captain at the time. Um, he and I, you know, definitely connected and spent a lot of time together in those first couple of years. Tuesday was our day off and, you know, he'd, he'd pick me up and we'd go down to, I think it was Nature's Harvest in, in Karen up and grab a muffin together and mm-hmm. pick his brain as to what he's doing. And um, I think even at that stage, he'd actually just started uh, started his MBA. He did, you know, I, th- I think one, one or two units of, of yeah. that. And so that was interesting to see his sort of you know, progression, you know, playing AFL footy and then wanting to do some extracurricular study. And, mm. you know, just watching him train, we spent a lot of time training together. You know, he's, he'd have these gut buster sessions. That, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to hang on. And, and I learned a lot a lot about, um, you know, what it means to, to genuinely train hard and repeatedly. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd finish our group session and he'd go, go off with, with one of our fitness coaches and do these extra extra sets and you know he, he would take a couple of the young guys along with him and um he he was just a, a really good um on-field leader and he had this innate ability um to deliver messages in a really timely fashion yeah. just know when when to say the right thing versus when to do the right thing yeah. and you know he might break the game open with you know a run through the, the middle or he might rally the troops in and give one of those really inspirational speeches where he'd you know, do the Ferris wheel with mm-hmm. his with his arm and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, oil dropping, you know, oh, flicking everywhere. And, I'd just know. be aroused. I'd be so turned <laughs> on by that. So, you know, I, I've got an absolute admiration for the man. He, yeah. he, he was a, you know, a really pivotal part of my first couple of years and, and sort of learning the trade. Mate, you've, um, I, need, I need to touch on, uh, you've taken on many a man. You took on a car one night. <laughs> <laughs> you got hit by a car. <laughs> taxi. <laughs> got hit by a taxi yeah. in Subi. Yeah. What, what's the story behind that? Because when I when I punched your name, it popped up pretty quickly. Uh, it's um, yeah. Look, I guess. And don't lie. Yeah. You, you got to learn from these mistakes. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, you have, which is great to see. It was um, yeah, it was the induction of the of the first year players. Oh, that early. Yeah, it was my. Se- I think it was my. Uh, it was my second year. Yeah, right. So I was, you know, eighteen okay. and uh, induction of the of the first year players. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yep. and 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 yeah, we we're just having a, a few drinks and and it got got relatively late. It was midnight, I think, yeah, thereabouts. Okay. And um, I uh, I tried to hail a taxi and uh, and the taxi <laughs> decided not to stop. <laughs> you know, the, the the contentious part was whether I was on the footpath or standing on the road. Right. Yeah. Um, only the only the video cameras of the area will know. To which, truly. which which have been deleted, probably. I assume. Well, I, I actually saw the vision after the fact, and um, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty full on. Yeah, and, and it, it's you funny. Got you, got you pretty good. It's funny now. Yeah, he's sort of you know going 
50, 60 k's an hour. So, oh, okay. so yeah, flipped up. They found my shoe. Um, they found my shoe about 150 meters down the road, <laughs> oh, no and he, he ultimately drove off. And look, it was a hit and run. Um, yeah, it was a hit and run. So look, the reality of it, you know, the life lesson is is nothing happen. Yeah. Nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah, that's, so, that's one lesson. Um, and the other one is is uh, just to to be careful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I've I've definitely taken that that on board. You know, the challenge of being in the public eye is that and, you know, some other stories when you're quite young, they, yeah. you know, they, they stick. And um, so I don't shy away from the fact that it happened. I just try and, you know, say that I've, I've learnt from it and, and it was a, you know, it was a pretty um, defining moment in my life. Were you injured? I hurt my knee actually, yeah. I had a, um, had to mi- I missed uh, eight weeks with a lateral ligament oh, on shit. my knee um, where it hit. So it was there and then my um, sort of head, Went through the windscreen and then, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fine. And then, well, that explains a bit then. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Knocks and, and actually knocked a bit of sense back. Let's straight jump. Right, well, there you go. So, um, you've been hit by a car now. You, you were saying Cuzzy delivered um, speeches and whatnot as captain. You mm-hmm. were a um, standalone vice captain there for a period of time. Mm-hmm. That must have been an honour. And you, you obviously were delivering speeches at times. Mm-hmm. How, how were you at the, the speeches? Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I had to, um, I made sure I didn't use any. Any of the um, any of the any of the big words, make yeah. sure the boys. But no, it, it it's at the end of the day that it's funny, you know. Even if you listen to any of the speeches from the prelim finals on the weekend, they're, they're not that different to what happens in yeah. regional footy. You know, into you know, just catch up, mix netball on Tuesday. It's mm. similar content, and it's just sort of banging home the message. You know, I wasn't wasn't big on using analogies or metaphors or yeah. anything like that. It was just about, you know, these are our four or five values. Let's make sure it's a reminder of this is what we stand for, get around each other mm. um, and and have a bit of a laugh as well. Like we're out there to have fun. The team, you know, winning is fun and enjoyable. And I found it as, as a group when we were um, really up and about, we were able to flick the switch between, you know, go time and having a, a bit of a laugh together um, pretty quickly. Coxie, the best you've seen at that? From fun to... Uh, serious? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, even blurred lines. But if you watched him play, he he would have a serious. Face. He had a lot of fun out in the field oh, as yeah. well. And wouldn't you though? Like in his era, <coughs> he was something so different. Like, he took the piss out of his. Like, yeah. I was a Barry Battler. I yeah. I was what Dean Cox was doing to other ruckmen. Yeah. Like he was so good, <laughs> wasn't he? Oh, he uh, amazing. I think he just you know just just saw that he got. Rated the best ever ruckman Did of all he? time by someone the other day, and you know to be able to play with someone like that, you know, it's sort of you know, you, I say this with bated breath, but he was, <laughs> he's um, a funny man. I, we, we were up at his, I believe it was at his shack, and he'd uh, he just won his um, sixth All Australian, yeah, and um, obviously Dean Dean. You know, he, he never had the best rig. He, he was always carrying a bit of weight around the guts. <laughs> he was in fact club with me a couple of times. He was yeah. well, the, the wore the pink shirt and. Um, but he was always, you know, up for a beer and, and have a good yeah. time. Like you said, knew when to flick the switch to be serious. But he, um, he was very funny. We, you know, a few of the boys were flaunting around, had the had the preseason rigs going, and you know, the six pack and the like. And we were stirring him up, you know, calling him you know, a bit porky. And, and he said, "Mate, I don't. What do I need? Uh, what do I need a six pack when I've got six of these? And <laughs> six all Australians. So yeah, right, it, so touche. You can't say much no, to no, that. No, you just put your head down. You got an all Australian." I did. That was yeah. huge. Yeah. And was that was that your best year? And I know this might be a stupid question. Obviously, that must have been one of the very few seasons that you played mm-hmm. a complete sort of season. Yeah. Were you playing better football at any other time in your career, or was that right in your wheelhouse, fit and playing good footy? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, combined with the team going quite well. Yeah. Um, 2010 was a pretty good year as well. Only, only missed, um, I think, one one game via suspension. And mm. the body was good, in a good space, and, and uh, you know, consistently sort of performing. And that so they're, they're probably the two years where I had, um, you know, plus 20 games yeah. of, um, you know, relatively decent games and, and managed to, you know, like any season you have, you know, your body sort of says that's enough mm-hmm. or you feel good some some weeks and and those really resilient players that you know I I just admired just push through that and find a way to yeah. you know even a poor game is still a massive contribution to yeah. to the team so I I would say 12 is you know um definitely the external perception was given it was an yeah. Australian year and then you know personally I it was you know it was a it was a good year were you you said you injuries and stuff like that we're talking about is there a story about you had a um, a knee scope, mm-hmm. uh, your, your meniscus or something? And what what was what was the layoff time suggested for the meniscus operation? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I don't know four to six weeks. Six, six weeks, uh, you'll play it down. It was six weeks from what <laughs> I, I gather, and I've spoken to people in the medical industry, and I also did med science in year ten, so I know exactly <laughs> what's going on here. Uh, how many weeks did you miss? Uh, just the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nine days, I think. Nine days post uh, post meniscus removal. Did you sometimes needed to be held back from yourself a bit better, or like oh, Barry Hall case in point, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, like h- how did you? You obviously thought you could do more. And you, you could yeah. do more. You could put your body to, to levels that I've never seen anyone in my um, eleven years go through. Did the, how, how did you balance the wanting to do more and be as fit and as strong and mm. as you know skilled as you possibly could to uh, Bowie? You've got a six week knee injury. Mm. Just chill out. Well, yeah. Again, they say yeah, life's best understood. Backward, mm. <laughs> you've got to live it forward, and hindsight's a great yeah. thing. And and unfortunately for me, that's so I, sad. Yeah, yeah. That. That's not bad, but like that there. I um I probably didn't get the balance right. Yeah. You know, I was I was constantly at odds with uh, with a lot of our, our our medical staff, and and really pushed the boundaries, and you know, train extremely hard, mm. um, you know, to a fault sometimes. And it's one of those things. I I, I you know I potentially could have. Played longer. Yeah. I don't get that opportunity to to do that, uh, obviously. Um, but you know, it, it was a yeah, it was interesting. I think in in total, I ended up having you know thirty two surgeries across across my career. So thirty two. Oh, I've never heard anyone have thirty two surgeries. Yeah. That's most by a long long way. I've I've heard, and and it is one of those ones injuries. I suppose if you did take the foot off a little bit, would have you been the same player? You were essentially so it's it's one of those one stumps like what do they say you rob Peter to pay Paul yeah, or catch something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a catch twenty two. Your worst injury you had? Um, a couple that stick to my mind. One was the the dislocated elbow. Yeah, like um, it's a plain joint and it's not really designed to dislocate and you know bones go all the wrong way and that was you know pretty traumatic at the time and missed um ended up having to have three reconstructions on that on that elbow and missed you know in in essence two years. So yeah. that was. Yeah, and probably the career was at the crossroads, to be honest, at that point, because I was only I was only twenty two or twenty three, um, yeah. and uh, ended up coming back twenty ten and had a had a half decent year. The, el- um, the elbow strapping is like I can still yeah. pinch your elbow being yeah, strapped. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. certain. Uh, you know when kids tape something that their star that 
Like, I know when Nick Rewalt was running around with his yeah. um, shoulders taped or whatever, yeah. people were taping their shoulders yeah, as kids because yeah. Rewalt had... I guarantee kids were having their elbows strapped. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, mean, I can tell you because it, it, it was it was tough. Like yeah. it looked it looked like the whole yeah. the whole kitten caboodle. So that was that was a killer. Yeah, there's a few old playing cards. We've got you know strapping on both elbows oh, and yeah, shoulders. Nice. And sponsored by Elastoplast. Yeah, nice. Um, and then ironically, you know, it's not an injury that you hear about much, but I ended up doing the other the same thing to the oh, other Jesus. elbows round two two thousand and um, twelve. Was it, a, was it a fault in your? Body, or was it just the, the, the way you angle of your yeah. arm? And not sure, not sure. Jeez, that's um, crazy. And then, and then, uh, you know, a couple of compound fractures of, of fingers and stuff, and never pleasant. But in in the final, two thousand and twelve, um, I jumped and a, a bone came out the bottom of my foot, and that wasn't, you know, I think it's called a sesamoid, and 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 so sort of that wasn't that wasn't overly pleasant, um, and that was pretty restrictive for a long yeah. long period of time after that. Do they so. pop that back in? Is that no, in? straight straight into surgery. You got oh, right. got to put a plate in there. Oh shit! Um, so that was you know it was, it was challenging, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, Rex. It's it, like you say, you know, I, I really loved all the moments that I got to play yeah. and and played exactly how I wanted to. You know, probably pushed the boundaries at times physically, and and it clearly got reported and suspended a few times. Mm. For, Bit of white line fever, but it, yeah. it's you know I, I probably in hindsight wouldn't change too much because you know it's it's just who it, it was who I was who you are it, yeah. it, it's and for um, you being a heart a tough nut and me being a soft cock um, it's funny our careers actually sort of mirror each other yeah. a fair bit in terms of played I think the exact same amount of games played in a premiership same number left footer left footer same number played in the same uh, played in a premiership at twenty. Limited skill, both shit, of us. shit out of skills, <laughs> um, both both really tough. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's a, like we and I sort of sit there going, "Jesus, I could have just pinched one more flag." But yeah. what I say to myself is, and we'll both high draft picks. You went on to be all Australian and vice captain stuff, but you contributed in a grand final in a premiership. Mm. Do, do you rest a little bit easy that you didn't get the two hundred fifty, three hundred games you would have wanted to have played as a junior? Like I went to bed going. 250. Even my first 50 games of AFL happened yeah. in literally 55 games or something. Uh, do, do, you, do you put your hat down and go, gee whiz, it's so good to be a premiership player? Oh, I'm, I'm extremely... I, even if I wasn't a premiership player, I'm grateful that we got to achieve my yeah. childhood dream of, of playing a game yeah. in the AFL, something that you set out to do that not many people get to. You know, had it over 10 years in the system, you know, tw- I think 12 years in the system and won a premiership by one point and got a few kicks on mm. that day. And so... Norm yeah, Smith votes. A couple of Norm Smith votes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, so look. I've got nothing but you know positive vibes about yeah. my career and and things that happen and and um, you know extremely extremely grateful for the the people I've met and and the things I got to do and and uh, yeah look back on it with nothing but but um, really great feelings. Now, last one on footy before we we punch into just a couple of other things away from away from footy. Have you ever pulled out of a contest? And I know this sounds silly, but <laughs> Sam Mitchell, who um, I think's um, you know, the toughest Hawthorne player I played with, he, he remembers one time he distinctly pulled out of the contest and it wasn't highlighted because he didn't go. Like, he just was like, oh, I'm just not going for that. Can you remember any time you ever pulled out of a contest? No. Shit, right. <laughs> you are the toughest guy I've ever met. Um, okay. Stupidest. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Well, Sam, because the only way <coughs> time I remember it now is I remember that conversation was because I was sitting under the ball. And Mitch could have helped me, yeah. and Rewalt smashed me, yeah. 
And I was on an ad for Toyota for 12 months, <laughs> three while just eating, me eating shit on Nick Riot, taking a hanger and Sam Mitchell standing front and square. Yeah. Like Andrew Embley ended up, I think three years in a row, he was stood on for Mark of the Year. <laughs> yeah, the Mate, the, uh, all right, so you finished footy. Now, I reckon this is probably the most impressive part of you as a person. Education and stuff and, and the way you've uh, attacked uh, afterlife of football. Can you just explain quickly where you went post-footy? You, you were... At the West, you were at um, mm. bloody what's that joint? Um, Goiters, West Farmers. West Farmers. Yeah. Uh, you've been overseas. Yeah. You, you've done, and for someone who, um, as Clark said, would rather a fight than a fee, yeah. it's incredible where uh, your journey and you are academically mm. these days, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, footy is a, a great pathway, and and if you if you sort of open your eyes to what's available to you, that it it definitely prepares you for you know good opportunities mm. post career and. Obviously, I studied when I was playing, and and um, you know did some work experience whilst I was doing that, and had good people make those recommendations. You know, we've got great people around the club. You know, particularly you know gentleman Russell Gibbs, who's now yeah. the chairman of West Coast. You know, who's been a big proponent of my my career. And <laughs> I think Russell Gibbs. I think maybe Boots's um, Buckster was there. He used to have to pay for the tennis court. We yeah. Went through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um. But you know, and and spent some time with with other people. And yeah. Again, I come back to that that point earlier. Point. I I am genuinely interested in people. So people that have had success and whatever that looks like in their own eyes, just understanding mm. what got them there. And and um, one of those things was just, you know taking the opportunities that are in front of you and, yeah. and, and asking. So you know, I ended up um, connecting with West Farmers and, and managed to secure a, a role in their M&A team um, post-career and went straight into that, had four weeks off after mm. the career. and It was a, a really good stra- distraction to finishing up. What sort of hours were you doing? Um, you know, a little bit more than what I was doing playing yeah. footy. <laughs> we used to live, we used to live uh, <coughs> what, where were we like? 100 metres from each other yeah, yeah, and I reckon did. I saw you once yeah no it was, it was you, I think you were driving home to change your suit or something yeah, and I was yeah, sitting yeah. in the corner with the dogs yeah. well, I, was, I was preparing for um, I was actually preparing for a, you know yeah, bite off more than you can choose started yeah. rolling M&A and you know going in as hard as you can then also signed up for the Boston Ironman in December and so I remember a few times running you know I'd finish work at 2am mm. and then you know run run do the bridges run get yeah. back at you know 3.30 and then go home, have a couple of hours sleep and then come back to the yeah. office. And, and so it was a really, you know, it's a bit of a Spanish inquisition yeah. you know, and, and into the corporate world and understanding what's um, what's required. And, and, of course, you're trying to be the best. You come from an athlete mentality, real growth mentality yeah. of I, I want to just get better quickly. And it was it was great exposure and, and I really loved my time there. You know, a couple of years working with a fantastic team and um, got exposed to a whole, dip, whole heap of different sectors Um and ultimately, you know, you have as a footballer and, and someone that was fortunate enough to be in a leadership position, you have these good soft skills that you learn. Yeah. But learning those hard skills that other people have been learning since you know the day they finished school and um, and then in, into the into the corporate world, I needed to get up the curve pretty quick with mm. those if I wanted to have a successful yeah. corporate career. So anyway, I, I did that, and then I moved on to um, Seven West as the um, chief revenue officer there, and. And that was a great experience as well. We had a fantastic, you know, executive team. You know, it's really you know, gone from, you know, footy side to, you know, um, valuation side and then into onto the you know, the dark side. Yeah, so you, go, you go from uh, <coughs> as you say, Clarko, Wusha being your coach, yeah. your boss essentially to uh, Stokes. Stokes is your direct <laughs> boss. I mean, that would have been interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, got a bit of exposure to Kerry and you know, clearly 
you don't um, get become as successful as he is yeah. by you know um, giving your money away. So he's pretty time. yeah mm. pretty keen to make sure the share price was doing the right things, and we had enough ads in the papers, and yeah. um, we had you know um, a really powerful CEO at, at at that time, and she was great in managing that relationship. Marona Fuster, yeah, she's yeah. still still the CEO and doing doing a great job in a really tough industry, facing some serious headwinds. But she. Um, you know, quite transformational for that yeah. business. I, I ran into her uh, at Seven West. I'm in there a couple of times a week. And uh, I think maybe her husband might be a Hawthorne supporter. He is, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I was dressed like a homeless bum, like yeah. I always am. Like I think I had socks, slides. Um, even today, actually. Same what f- you were in today. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I had today, I had a photo for um, RSPCA. My bloody flies undone in the photo. I didn't even know. <laughs> I went for a piss before the photo. Yeah. I, I was rushing around. Uh, and I met I met her and I had, had a chat and I remember leaving going, so who, who was that? I was like, oh, mate, that's the CEO. I was yeah. like, shit, you should have yeah. told me. I was joking around anyway. Uh, so you've done that. You've, you've nailed Seven West and then you, you've ducked overseas. Yeah. And you're still, you're back in Perth, but you're still working overseas, essentially. Effectively, yeah. I'm working with a, a business called Jacobs. You know, I got a mm-hmm. role over there in, in Dallas where the headquarters were and, or are and, and um, you know, heading up a... Sports and entertainment practice, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, anyway, came back to uh, uh, Perth for you know a few reasons, and uh, one one being COVID, a couple of personal reasons, and and managed to keep my role there. It's a you know yeah. global role, so I've got you know teams in each of the continents around the world. And as you know, the US's you know work hours are the opposite to yes. us. You know, Central Texas is is um, eleven hours you know, different. So yeah. typically log on. Eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, and and punch through. Yeah, till the early hours, and but I've got some flexibility. I'm, I work some hours during the day yeah. here, and it's just it is what it is. It's um yeah, it's a fantastic role. It's got great clients and dealing with some really cool stuff. Yeah. But it's um yeah, it's just another challenge, I guess. Oh, it's a bloody good job. I remember you sending me photos of you sitting at Dallas Court trying to fog. Have you heard of Luka Doncic? Yeah, I have, mate. I really appreciate that you high five me in the photo. Um, so you've done that. Now I'll wrap up really quickly. I've got a, I've got a couple of questions, but first I need to know uh, what are you doing training wise these days? So tell us about uh, Hawaiian Ironman. Um, yeah. Actually. You did the Busso <laughs> Ironman once, <laughs> and my missus was doing the half, and uh, she maybe the half went before the full, or the full's obviously longer, whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> it was like, oh, I saw Bo, and he was riding with a flat tire or some <laughs> shit, like a lunatic. <laughs> did you have a bike issue at one of those things one day? Oh. Or you ran past, you flew past her on the run or something, because your bike had... Oh, yeah. Something had happened on your yeah, bike. Yeah, you, yeah. You'd rooted your bike or something. Anyway, it was bike tire was rubbing or something. Yeah, your bike yeah. tire. You yeah. rode with your brakes on the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of something like that. And, and she goes, "Yeah, I didn't think Bo was too happy." So I texted you, angry. and you're like, and you flew in the run. And I texted you saying, "Oh, mate, Em said you, you flew past." He goes, "Yeah, mate, I rode with my brakes on your cockhead." <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so the Hawaiian Ironman. Now, if you don't know anyone, the Hawaiian Ironman uh, is it's on TV. It's everywhere. Tell us about this Hawaiian Ironman. Is that the most challenging thing you've ever done in your life? Oh, it's different. Yeah, I yeah. think all, all the challenging things I've done, whether they're you know, athletic or you know, um, professional or personal, mm. they've they, they all got their elements that are the most challenging aspect. Um, th- physically, this is, this is quite different. The, the duration of the event is pretty full on. And, you know, the training as well to get there is, is um, you know, you've got to be injury-free and you've got to be consistent and you're obviously managing your, your – 
professional career as well, you know, yeah. um, trying to make bread. Uh, well, there, there would be professional triathletes doing it, though, of course, who, yeah, can, yeah. who have got the, yeah, all the time yeah. of the day to get yeah, their yeah, stuff they're done. sponsored, and yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a big deal for them. And yeah. there's, um, you know, the professional field and then the amateur field. Obviously, I, I was an amateur and, yeah, managed to get over there in, in 2016, um, you know, and, and had, a, had a great time out. I always had a... Um, you know, my being on about actually yeah. trying to get there and doing it was yeah. managed to get there and and um, yeah, it's a, it's you know, you're tr- you're running and competing on a volcano in Hawaii and it's what are the conditions? Um, the horrendous? Yeah, like mid thirties and yeah, hundred percent humidity and yeah. yeah and and windy AF as well. Yeah, like, right. Um, and and you cl- quite a bit of climbing. You climb up a you know up the top of a you know, a big hill. Yeah. I guess. and and you were there with the most you know, the best of the best in the world. Mm. So it's, you know, great exposure. You're swimming in the open water without a wetsuit. And, and well, you used to swim with the wetsuit on. Did you used to swim with it on because it helped your shoulders a little bit? Well, having it on helped with my shoulders, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but, it was taped a little yeah, bit, Yeah, but, but in that, because the water's so warm, you yeah. don't actually get the, the option of... Where, okay. and, and when you, you know, come from... A, 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 you're a land-based animal, yeah. you, you know, you've got a heavy... Ass and legs and they <laughs> sink. So, I, mate, I can't. I barely swim out of sight in the yeah. dark night. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely my my weakest leg. Anyway, I, I managed to get through. I finished, and and then you know, it's probably you can probably liken it for a, a girl. You know, not the pain, but having having a baby, and then you know, the, you, you, they forget how bad it is, and then decide to have another baby. Well, yeah, I was stupid enough to want to go back to Hawaii. Went back this last year. What and did you? Yeah, did my second second one in October, just gone. So you know, twelve months ago. What sort of times are you doing? Uh, so, Busso for the Busso, um, I did nine hours, nine hours and, and so that's thirty seconds. A marathon. It's one hundred and eighty on the bike. Yeah, and and three point eight swim. Three point eight. Yeah, and you. Because you did get quite lean, didn't you? you? You and I had the opposite training <laughs> programs. I got as fat as a house. And you, mate, I reckon I could have bashed you there at one stage. You were that thin. <laughs> so you still got mad on that stuff? No, no, no. Like, you know, a lot of the events have been cancelled this year yeah, and, and coming back. And, um, yeah, a bit of a refocus on a, on a few other things. And, yeah, yeah, just training for sort of, you know, keep fit and stay sane at the moment. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. All right, mate, I will let you go. But I've got two questions quickly. Best player you've played with and against? Uh, best player with was Juddy. Yeah, skinny uh, Juddy. Yeah, he's a different player at Carlton. I yeah. obviously was still yeah, on yeah. Brownlow, but he was something special. Yeah, he? he was unbelievable. Um, and I think best best player I played against um, would have to be Michael Voss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I, uh, I never caught Voss. Never, never. Yeah, I got to I, in my first handful of games. I got to tag him, um, and you know, just his ruthlessness, and you know, and also his leadership mm. and. Just knowing where to go, I don't think he was ever the most skillful player, but no, you know, having he was tough, so tough, and that was right in the midst of 2004. So they've just won their second, won their third. They've just won their third. third yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I was like this young whippersnapper, and you know, he's stepping on your toes and asking what number you are. And, oh, you know, <laughs> Jason Ackermanis <laughs> did that to me one day. I had number 32 on at Hawthorne, and I used to be number 32 before I moved. And uh, I remember he looked at the back of me and goes, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And I was like, Mr. Ackermanis, how yeah. dare you speak to me like that? Yeah, I'm not that quick-witted. I was yeah. like, uh. <laughs> I've got two more. Sorry. Did you ever cop it ripping? Who gave you the best sledge of all time? Have you ever copped any? Were people a bit like, this bloke's a bit loose? Um, no, the, the, probably the... the not particularly, no, no, I um, I didn't, no. I didn't. I was, I was pretty fortunate. That that hurt from from Vossi. Yeah. The best one I heard was was one that you've 
you've definitely heard, and that was um, the first year Juddy went over to Carlton. Oh yes, and, and um, you know he was you know, had both his shoulders strapped, and yeah. Brett Jones was sort of bumping up next to him and said, "You know what's what's going on, um, Juddy? Your shoulders sore? You know, are you going to be yeah. okay?" Or you know, and and Juddy just turned to him, you know, as quick as anything, and said, "You know, I've I've been carrying you, Prince, for the last <laughs> eight years, the last four years, and and it's just you know that just highlights the man. He's just extremely quick witted and yeah. and um, you know." Very funny. I remember Stephen Mill one day I was playing on him. Oh, no, I was playing somewhere and, and it, it wasn't even like... An, you know when you hear people argue on the field, it's like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. And you're like, it's not even witty, it's nothing. Yeah. I remember Stephen Mill do, like hook-fingering me and saying, um, Oi, bring the dweeb down here now. <laughs> and holds the dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> and got, That's great. Oi, bring the dweeb <laughs> down here. I, I still remember it was my first or second here, bring the dweeb down. Uh, last one, uh, you in... Where was your best footy trip? So I don't need another story, but pick a location. Uh, it was Darwin. Darwin, okay, you're in Darwin. <coughs> uh, you got a table for five. Mm-hmm. You got So you're, you've got one seat. Mm-hmm. So four seats remaining. Mm-hmm. Of the people you've played with, who's got the four seats? Oh, Brutal. Um, I'm not inviting Butts here because I see enough of him. Yeah, so he yeah, can, yeah. He can, he can um, get his own seat. I would definitely have... Uh, I'd have Coxie there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, would, uh, I would probably have um, Curry there for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Curry um, on the news again. What time other. is it? Is it like AM? If it's AM, I'd have Curry nah, there for entertainment. The, the, seedings at, uh, the seeding starts at about 7pm. Yeah, okay. So you got Curry who um, was in the, in the news again on the weekend <laughs> off the court. Um, I would... Uh, I would definitely have uh, so that's two Coxie Curry Coxie Curry. Um, I'd probably have JK there. Yeah, yep. I know Josh. He'd be there late, late doors. Jeez, wouldn't he be there late? Yeah, and and I reckon I'd have um, Boot Shuey there as well. It's a good crew. Yeah, it's been a cu- couple of different generations. Um, all all stay late. All know how to um, you know. Good, good on the lyrics with the songs. Yeah, so you got Coxie who will be there to the end, JK there to the end, just very missionary, just beers and just keep going. Curry will be in the divvy van by midnight and Shuey will try and be a smart ass early and you'll be put in a yeah. hole very quickly. Well, it's just the phases, I reckon. Curry will, Curry will own it for the first two hours, <laughs> yeah. Shuey the next two hours. And then the, know, old, JK the old timers. And Coxie, if there's anyone that can generate some enthusiasm in a, in a, in a situation that's, you know... Oh, it's him, just rubbing the hands together and oh, getting super up and I still remember, and mate, thanks very much for your time today, and I'll, I'll wrap it up. I still remember that trip up Darwin, uh, in Dampier, sorry. We had to scuttle a beer at 6am to get on the boat. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, mate, and Coxie, just like, well, if you're not going to start now, you'll never start. Yeah. It's just like, mate, yeah. I am so sick. And the Shuey saying... And the watermelon with the... Oh, <laughs> and Shuey saying he had seasickness on the third day after having two days of not a drop of seasickness. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. Spewing yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Don't oh, do this at home, kids. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, mate. God bless. Great to have you back. Look yeah. forward to seeing you around. And uh, thanks very much for your time. You've... Uh, you're an absolute star, uh, and I don't joke. You know, my mate Woody, for example, is one of them. There are people who absolutely love you and love the way you played uh, footy. I, for one, he's exactly the same. Um, toughest player I ever, I ever saw play. So uh, it doesn't mean a lot probably coming from me, but uh, <laughs> it looked tough from a distance what you were doing. <laughs> mate, great to have you. Great to play with you. Great to be mates with you. So thanks very much. Pleasure, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. That's another episode of It's Time for a Beer by Waters. What a tremendous player he is on and off the field. An absolute stand-up person. Great to have a chat and catch up as always.
What's that noise you might ask? Well, I'll tell you what that noise is. That's me heading to Exchange Depot. Follow them on their socials, exchange underscore depot. They do pay cash for your cans, bottles, containers. No limit on returns. So I think the government says, oh, you can't hoard. Well, I say you can hoard. Hoard, take it down there. Crunch containers are also accepted, so don't worry if they're damaged. Open Monday to Saturday. I'll be heading to Bayswater, but there's five locations in WA. Bayswater, Esperance, Forestfield, Quinana Beach, Picton, and of course, you can just jump on their website, exchangedepot.com.au, to find out which location is best suited to you. Or again, follow them on their socials, exchange underscore depot, change for change. And don't forget the slogan, crack it, smack it, stash it, and cash it. You'll be rich in no time. Cheers. Bye.